expectations. Well, 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 boys. Welcome back to Friends and Low Expectations, Season 2, Episode 16? 16, yeah. Pre-finale? I think we'll call it the the pre-finale. I don't know. Is there? A... Well, I mean, technically, this is like the last one of the season. The fantasy season is over. Last one of the fantasy yeah. season, correct? Yeah, we'll, we'll have, have at least a, a brief off-season episode where we uh, watch Kiefer suffer the wrath of the wings of death. But yeah, I was going to say well, we're we'll going to have do, at least we'll one, one NFL one season wrap up episode as well. You know? Yeah, Ooh, we'll have at Mac. least Big Daddy Mac. Mac. We got a young uh, making a, on the an impromptu <laughs> guest appearance. He got the Tony Stark glasses on too. <laughs> oh, anyways, Carl. Yeah, but we'll have Barlito. One, one. I was not sure if I was supposed to speak or if Carl! to introduce me. So here I am speaking and introducing myself. Hello, Carl. <laughs> one more. Oh, that's Carl. Thanks for being Carl! on. Thanks for being on, Carl. We'll see you next season. Hey, here, <laughs> yeah, Carl's league champ. See you guys. Carl probably is going to go to bed. Yeah. Well, <laughs> since we have you here, Carl, uh, since you happened to stop by, pop on by. Uh, obviously, a great matchup. I don't know if you thought so or not, uh, but great matchup in the in the playoff in the finals. Talk us through kind of your thoughts week one coming into week two and uh, kind of how you felt uh, clinching the the back-to-back, or not back-to-back, but two-time champion. So I think we can all agree I owe Danny Dimes the biggest, fattest kiss in the history of the world. Uh, The man basically... You owe him a big old smooch. Without Danny Dimes, (laughs) I don't even come close to sniffing uh, this belt. Um, I, I knew two weeks ago, and we talked about it, it was going to be a knockdown, drag out fight, and sure, shoot, it was. It was the closest matchup I thought could have happened, and uh, I was nervous the entire way. There was not a single second where I was like, I have this in the bag. I was waiting for the random Tyree Kill 90 yard drag catch and run, and then Stefan Diggs does the 50 yard touchdown catch. I was like, yep, and then Josh Allen kept throwing. I was like, any second now. Any second now, someone else is going to come out. Kenneth Walker's going to do his 80-yard. When I went to overtime, I was devastated. I was like, this is exactly where Kenneth Walker's going to do his thing and end the game. So it was it was a roller coaster. I enjoyed it, and I'm glad I was able to end up on top. It was a fun matchup, uh, you know, from a from the viewer's perspective. Um a lot of entertainment. You know, we spent a lot of time talking last week about how the, the Bills-Bengals, um, the game that ended up just being um, canceled, um, how that would impact things. And, uh, you know, we can we can have all kinds of conversations about what it could have, should have. But, um, you know, those those impacts, the, those changes, um, injuries, all those kinds of things, they, they impact the fantasy season. And this is just kind of how things played out. It was uh, – certainly entertaining. I was talking to Carl on, what was that Sunday? Um, shortly after the Chiefs game ended, and I was like, you're in excellent shape. I think at that point you were only down like maybe 20 points, and um, Patrick Mahomes and Jarek McKinnon both had pretty below, well, Patrick Mahomes had a well below average game. Um, Jarek mm-hmm. McKinnon um, came certainly came back down to earth, but I think he still had, what, eight or nine points there. Mm-hmm. Um, so not like an awful performance, but 
um, certainly not what Sam needed. And I said, those were the two that you needed to worry about. Um, I said with, you know, with your, you're up by, or you're only down by 20 and you've got at that point, I think three of his best players still yet to play, which was um, Jalen Hurts, Christian McCaffrey, and CeeDee Lamb. And Jalen Hurts ended up having a bit of a, a poor game, but Christian McCaffrey and CeeDee Lamb more than made up for it. And then uh, I think my text to Carl was like, as long as Derrick Henry doesn't drop 40 points, like you're fine. Um, and Derrick Henry had, you know, a, we, we've talked a lot the, throughout the last couple of weeks about like good games versus good fantasy games. And Derrick Henry certainly had a good game, but from a fantasy perspective, um, if you don't find the end zone, that's really all for nothing. I think he had over a hundred yards, but didn't find the end zone. So um, yeah, that was, uh, it was, it was definitely fun. Definitely entertaining came down to um, kind of the last, uh, the last, you know, couple matchups there. And, um, you know, Carl sitting on the edge of his seat uh, for the last, the end of the day on Sunday, I can confirm. We were texting back and forth about the game, about the matchup all day. So definitely a fun one. Yeah, obviously being on the losing end of the matchup is tough. Uh, obviously, we can. it's nice to know that we'll have an asterisk next to it, though. So with the, the schedule and then the bigger asterisks, I was telling, I think I texted Keith. I was like, well, if, we lose, if I lose this matchup, uh, we'll know it took an act of God for Carl to beat me. So, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, it is what it is. But uh, Carl, I want the I want the record noted. It was not me who made the asterisk joke first. So, but uh, you know, that yeah, was everything that I think going into that matchup, everything was looking probably the way that it should going into the finals. Uh, and Carl kept texting me. He's like, "Good game. It's over." Uh, I think I got that text like two or three times from Carl uh, throughout throughout the day. And then Jarek McKinnon catches the touchdown pass, and he's like, it's over, good game. And I'm like, there's a lot of football left. And uh, there that's was a classic a lot Carl of move, though. That's a, cl- Carl, yeah. that's a classic Carl deflection um, mm-hmm. because he knows his team's about to go off, and he <laughs> wants to seem humble. Uh, so it's a classic, classic move. It's happened. Everyone in the league has gotten a, t- a text at least once from Carl saying, hey, great game. Yeah. You know, like, oh, yeah. at like one forty-five on Sunday, like we still have the entire day of say, football. I just want to say history tends to repeat itself, and when I faced Sam earlier this year, that was Patrick Mahomes' like forty-five second play where he ran around in circles, and then shovel passed it into the end zone to Clyde Edwards-Helaire, when he did nothing else the rest of the game but happened to get that catch, <laughs> and it looked exactly the same when he ran around in circles and shovel passed it to Jerick McKinnon. <laughs> I was like, there it is. I've seen this happen before. I know this play. It's the Carl gets screwed over play. All right. Good times had by all. So, but ultimately two things, two things happened this week. And uh, I think that kind of sealed my fate. The first, um, I tinkered with my defense. And I think that, that, that a hundred percent most likely cost me uh, the league. I took out the, the Saints defense and put in the chargers. I thought, you know, the Broncos have been hot garbage all year. Uh, Chargers got Joey Bosa back. I like their odds against uh, the Broncos. And uh, I think the, the Saints ended up with like 13 points and the Chargers ended up with a hot zero. Uh, so that's part of it. And then two, uh, I, I don't know why I put any faith in any Cowboys player ever because all they typically do is let me down. It was like second quarter, I guess, going into halftime. Uh, fourth and one on like the 30 and instead of letting Brett Maher kick the field goal to, uh, to, you know, 
to go up. I think there was like 30 seconds left in the half. So instead of kicking the field goal, they go for it on fourth and one. I think the very next play throws a touchdown to C.D. Lamb after C.D. had had a awful first half. I think he had like two catches for 11 yards or something like that. Really not good. And then, of course, Brett Maher goes on to miss the PAT. And, uh, you know, that that was it for him. He had negative one points uh, coming out of that. And so I think those two things really uh, – once that happened, I was like, man, today is just not my day. And, uh, you know, like I said, it is what it is. But, uh, you know, great game at the end of the day. And, uh, you know, we always have uh, – I get to, to live in the fantasy land of what if – so, at least yeah, that, that's uh, the craziest thing went, to me um, is, you know? is the what the what if, particularly around last week, Diggs is averaging like twenty points a game. So, you know, he's on he had the past couple weeks he hadn't been doing well, but by the first quarter he had matched his point total from the previous week. So there's nothing to say he probably wouldn't have scored ten to fifteen points. Um, and you lost by fifteen points, six nine, sixteen points. So you know that's. You know, 10 points closer, and then you don't tinker with your defense. That's a win. Uh, Brett Maher does anything. <laughs> if he breathes on the football field, uh, you know, that's <laughs> three points maybe. Um, yeah. So that's, you know, the the, the larger what if. We're always going to have the what ifs of, like, tinkering. Like, I mean, you picked up Elijah Mitchell for him to outscore. Yeah. Uh, Jerick McKinnon, Derek Henry. Yeah, that's, I, think, I think he outscored all three of your running backs. Is that right? Yeah. He might not have outscored yeah. Kenneth Walker, but no, he, um, yeah, he did. Yeah, and then now you look back at that like I you're mean, not going <laughs> to necessarily start Elijah Mitchell with Christian McCaffrey in the backfield over Jarek McKinnon or over Derek Henry or over right. um, Kenneth Walker, but you picked him up and then didn't use him, and then now like you know that could have been different. Yeah. So there's all, there's always those things. I think the the interesting you know piece that and this is going to be for every league you know, across the country is uh, what would happen with week 17. And even, you know, we talked about this before and I wanted to bring this up uh, Two two pieces tonight that I wanted to bring up in terms of like next year is, you know, we talked about adjusting. So the championships not on week 18 um, one. So the players aren't being benched or uh, stars aren't being rested or, you know, you get a true um, idea of what that team is going to be, but, if that had been week 17 and that was deciding a championship, like it did in several other leagues, you know, how different would that have been and what, what our course of action have been um, any different, you know, there's no real sense in arguing over that, but I think it, um, I think it does lend a little bit of credence to them. You know, maybe we we end on week 17 and leave week 18 to, um, there's some fun and interesting matchups, but you know, Danny Dimes scores 40 points and then it's like, all right, see you guys. I'm resting for a week while we, you know, await our, our playoff fate. So, uh, just interesting to think about. Yeah, we're gonna have a lot of fun off-season business. I think. Um, I have a running list of stuff that I need to put in. Add, process add to your then... list. I think we should. Um, I think we should do uh, point bonuses for yardage. Um, so I'm in a league where you get five points for every hundred yards. So if a player hits a hundred yards, you get a five-point bonus. Um, so mm-hmm. to Keith's point about Derrick Henry having a really solid day, rushing for 120 yards and no touchdowns, um, as a fantasy owner, it's a little bit of um, relief when you get a, a five-point bonus because he hit 100 yards. Um, it can kind of make up for uh, what could be you know weird goal line usage that you can't really predict. 
um, on a player, uh, but you ha- clearly have a strong talent with Derrick Henry. Um, it doesn't necessarily give you uh, – because sometimes I think – you know, it's, for, Was that – This would only be for, like, skilled players, like tight end, wide receiver, running back? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, I mean, you could do, like, a 400 yards passing if you wanted. Um, you know, like a, like a, a, a 100 yards <laughs> rushing or receiving is a big day for any skill player. And uh, 400 yards passing is a is a pretty big day for any quarterback. So you could do, I have not really done it for quarterbacks. You could, uh, but it's mostly been skill players. If they hit a, a hundred, um, you get you get that bonus. And then if they hit 200, you get another five. So like Mike, on the league I'm in with Mike Evans, I had 10 extra bonus points just from him getting 200 yards uh, on top of his what 10 catches, 210 yards, three touchdowns. What what a day. Is that the highest point total all season for a fantasy player? Um, I can tell you. <clears throat> the highest one I had was CMC when he had the three game, the three touchdown pass catch and run, and that was forty three, I think. So it should have been. Is there a way to see that in sleeper? I thought if you go to. Leaders, maybe? No, maybe? No, they just have it by... I keep forgetting this is not a laptop-friendly or internet-friendly app. I think there's a... uh, I thought there was a... Hmm. I thought you could view it somewhere in... in Sleeper, but I don't remember, per se. Well... So, oh, here I can do. Try to figure it out. I don't remember where to look at it in Sleeper. I mean, you could do leaders, but. That's you can, but it hasn't there. landed yet. Uh, the first one is Joe Mixon, week nine. Joe's week nine, 55.1. Okay, so 55. So, so what is. more um, than that, just hasn't updated it. So was uh, Mike Evans then. Let's see. Evans. But yeah, so we had a. Sam and I had some gamesmanship going. He picked up Elijah Mitchell, knowing I had CMC, and that CMC may not play the whole game. And I may think about picking up Elijah Mitchell, and I ended up picking up another defense just to make sure he couldn't use a, the Colts defense against Houston, which ended up working out very well in my favor because uh, that would have been the one he would have played for sure. So just a little little gamesmanship going into Week 18 between Sam and myself. I say it's nice too because we have the the entire waiver wire. Like pretty much no one else is using it, so it's mm-hmm. nice not having to worry about you know Fern picking up a defense yeah. that oh, we fun. could have used. You know, <laughs> just silly stuff. But yeah, that was. Uh, I love the I like I like the gamesmanship like that. I think it works out really nice. Makes it more fun too. Yeah, I don't think I don't think there was anything higher, Philly. I think Joe Mixon might have had the the crown yeah, this year for highest four, points. Uh, Forty-eight for my sure it was Joe Mixon. I think. Um, I feel like, like there it was that, one other fifty burger this year, but it Tua wasn't put as much up fifty. Who did Tua? Tua. <clears throat> oh, was that the the like the week three or four matchup with the Ravens? It was week so, two that, against yeah. the Ravens, yeah. Because Jalen yeah. Waddle had forty, Tua had fifty, and. <sighs> And I think uh, Tyreek Hill also had 40 that game. 42, yeah. yeah. It was nuts. So yeah, I, I have come a... to realize I have a good luck charm when it comes to 
to winning a league. And so far, both times I've done it, this event happened. Uh, it was a trade with a Mr. Tyler Kiefer. Because <laughs> when I won two years ago, he traded me A.J. Brown, who I played at the Flex the rest of the year. He took me to the Promised Land. And this year, we're CMC. So, next year, Keith, to check your inbox, because I need to come for number three. Next, next year, you're not getting shit. <laughs> next year, I'm going to actively avoid trading with you. You could offer me the greatest thing ever, and be like, nope, I'm not going to do it. Uh, it, should, just, it should really uh, be a flag. If I reach out to you to trade, it's like, whoa, Carl's reaching me for this guy. There's got to be something <laughs> special about this dude that maybe I don't know about. Uh, you know, I think... I think you you definitely you definitely had some gamesmanship with the the certainly the Chris McCaffrey trade because I know that we had talked like all off season and you knew how high I was on Gabe Davis and that ultimately ended up being my undoing was I was just very high on Gabe Davis now obviously big Gabe Davis ended guy. up getting rid of I obviously <laughs> ended up getting rid of Najee Harris which maybe the trade is a little bit more balanced if I ended up keeping Najee because he rebounded to have you know an okay finished to the season, but he wasn't doing anything when I had him. Um, but it was definitely my belief in Gabe Davis, which ultimately was unfounded, that caused me to do the trade. Because I was like, okay, well, you know, Najee's, Najee's fine. He'll probably have an okay season. But um, for me, Gabe Davis was the tipping point. And I was like, okay, well, I'll roll the dice and I'll take a gamble on Gabe Davis. Um, and it just didn't work out. So definitely some gamesmanship there. I think if you and I – I think if you and I hadn't have talked all year, all off season about, you know, kind of our draft strategies and how much I wanted Gabe Davis, I don't think it would have, I don't think I would have made the trade. Uh, I don't even think you would have, you would have reached out to me for the trade had you not known that I was in, that interested in Gabe Davis. And I certainly wouldn't have reached out to you about it. So, um, but yeah, so I mean, just, at the you know, time... gambles, gambles that really, really paid off for you. We talked about this. <clears throat> um, We've talked about this a couple of times on the show. Just moves that you've made have really paid off. Um, the Christian McCaffrey trade was the first one. Um, the TJ Hawkinson trade was another one. Um, and, like, almost immediately after you acquired him, he had that, like, 35-point outburst with the Vikings um, in, like, his first or second game with the Vikings, something like that. Um, so yeah, I mean, just moves that have really paid out for you all season long. And, it, um, you know, uh, I, I, none of us should really be surprised that, um, you certainly had a deep playoff run and ended up winning the league. Not at all. Well, you know what I just uh, you know what I just realized, fellas, as I was looking through my off-season business items, I think my I think my commissioner contract is up for. Uh, maybe not. no, yeah, it is. My uh, gotta get I gotta do a new extension on my contract. Oh wow! My two-year how, how extension. Do we, how do we? This is, how do we do that? Or how do we not do that if we don't want you to be the commission anymore? I, I love how Sam talks about this. Like, like anybody else actually has the ability to remove Sam as commissioner. <laughs> hey, whenever people, whenever someone else wants it, I will step down. <laughs> Maybe so what it's really turning into is like, hey, please actually don't resign me. <laughs> I don't want to do this. Well, we've gotten through. We've gotten through all of our like. You know, this this year was pretty much the first year without scandal, so that's pretty good. I think we're trending in the right direction. What was direction. the scandal last year? Uh, trade gate, kicker gate, I don't know, waiver wire gate, whatever. Yeah, Keith, they, Keith, yeah, it Keith was uh, it, yeah, it was me and Fred. <laughs> so, something happened where beef, like, yeah, it was like yeah, something could... happened. 
if it was it was Matt Gay. Um, for some reason, like I had a I had a Thursday night player who had already played, um, and I think it was actually my kicker, and I dropped him, and it was it let me drop him and pick up Matt Gay, and Fred was like, "Yo, you can't do that." Um, and I was like, I just did what Sleeper let me do. Like, I just thought I was going to put in a waiver claim, and then it put Matt Gay on my roster. Um, oh, no, no, it was vice versa. It was Matt Gay played on a Thursday night. He had a good game, and I picked him up. It let me pick him up. Mm-hmm. Um, he should have been locked so that nobody could claim him until Wednesday. But it let me pick him up. And it just moved into my bench. I didn't get his points. Um, and Fred was like, no, that's not right. Fred, like, had, <laughs> Fred threw a fit about it. And I was like, oh, okay, you know, it'll be a battle between me and Fred for Matt Gay on the waivers. Um, and then come Wednesday, come that Wednesday, I was the only one who put in a claim for Matt Gay. So I was like, I was like, Fred, what the fuck are you bitching about? Like, you didn't even want Matt Gay. I didn't get Matt Gay's points. He was just sitting there on my roster. And it's not even my fault. It's Sleeper's fault. Like, like I don't know what you want from me. <laughs> That's awesome. So, first year without scandal, though. So, you know. Well, I'm not, I'm not going to say no scandal. I mean, we have a giant asterisk, multiple asterisks on our championship right now. Well, <laughs> no, no Bills Bengals. I'd say and, that too uh, if I never and, won the and, belt. And Joe, and Joe went out and, you know, completely <laughs> re-altered the schedule. You know, who's to say Joe doesn't win the league if he doesn't uh, if he doesn't change the schedule? I really wish I we would have saved the schedule. schedule. Yeah. Also, I did some research while we were talking, and um, – uh, the, uh, we talked about the Dolphins week two where Tua, Jalen Waddle, and <laughs> Terry Kill went off against the Ravens. Um, they would have combined for 133 points, which was good enough to beat eight out of ten teams in our league in week two. So just if those three, three players, players. If you had all three players, you would have beat eight out of ten teams, just those three. <laughs> that would have been like a near guaranteed like 250-point game. We had we had our what our first two hundred pointer this year was of Carl, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Second, I, um, I I set them. I hit like two oh two or two oh five or something like that, and then Carl broke my record like two weeks later or something. Mm. It was a uh, yeah. I went. I had one ninety seven last year, and then two oh two hundred something this year, and then Carl beat my record in like two oh six. Me maybe Im- almost immediately. <laughs> it was great. I, I, can't even, I can't even it hold a record. So it, it reminds me. It reminds me of like the the college football season a few years ago. I, I say a few years ago. It's probably like <laughs> eight or nine years ago at this point, where like Ladanian Tomlinson's single game rushing record had stood for like almost twenty years, and then in like back to back weeks, his rushing record got broken. I think it, I think it was Melvin Gordon that broke it first for Wisconsin, and then the very next week or like maybe two weeks later, Samaje Pirine mm-hmm. from Oklahoma broke I it. That. I mean, it was like it was like this. This this is a record that has stood for like twenty years, and then two guys just go out in back to back weeks and break the record, and now no one's even had. I don't. I don't think there's even been like a three hundred and fifty yard rushing game um, since then. I think uh, Frank Gore Jr. had a three hundred yard rushing performance, a three hundred three in their in, in his bowl game this year. But um, yeah, we've hardly had any three hundred yard performances. Never mind another four hundred yarder. Uh, Sam, yours was one ninety seven. Point three in week two. And that was against you, wasn't it, Philip? No, it was against uh, against poor little Joe. <laughs> I beat Joe by 102 that week. What, what yep. was the the bad one that? Because it was last year that that Sam absolutely whooped you, wasn't it? How much did he yeah. beat you by that week? 
it wasn't that much, but it was it was pretty bad. It was like seventy or eighty points. It was it was not pretty. I can tell. I feel, like, I feel like I feel like the week after that, like I beat Sam and we both failed to score a hundred or something like that. <laughs> yeah, Sam yeah. had like the all day. Sam had like that was like the lowest Sam, per, the lowest scoring performance. Peak. He beat me by like eighty points. That was his peak, and then he just went. <laughs> oh, it was, it was downhill after that. <laughs> a so straight dive. By, I beat Philly one ninety three to eighty six. So one hundred and eleven? No, one hundred and seven. Yeah, one hundred eighty six. Yeah, and then you just—I took one for the team. I, I got trounced so that uh, Sam would end up in the loss. <laughs> so I, I wear that as a shining badge of honor. And then Carl's—it was not uh, good. Carl's two hundred six was week eight against uh, Mo. Yeah, all my records fell this year. My lowest, my lowest scoring record fell. My highest points record fell. I wouldn't be so sad about the lowest points. Yeah, I don't, I don't really care. Thanks, Mo. Shout out to Mo for that. So 77.4 points in week seven is the current uh, lowest score and lowest expectation history. It's pretty good because I don't it's even remember good. what mine was. Let me. What, I don't. Do you, do you have it up still, Philly? I, think it, uh, I, I had had this year's. Thank you. It was 78. So Mo beat it by a, a little over a point. And that's impressive. It takes, that is impressive. Takes uh, uh, some. I think more skill to be able to do that than to set a bad roster than it does to set a good one. Yeah, it's yeah, uh, it's pretty bad. Uh, and that was an awful week. Jeez, I'm looking back at my roster from that week when I, I was projected for 142 points and I put up 78. That was the week that Josh Allen played the, the Jags and they lost nine to six. It was just. You know, everything that could have went wrong went wrong for me. Man, I don't miss that team find, one bit. Um, I think it was Matthew Barry that, that <laughs> had it, but somebody had a loss this year in the playoffs. Let me see if I can find it. It was such a low scoring, um, like it was like 30 points or something like that in the playoffs with like good. Uh, Good with really good players. Um, let's see if I can find it while we're talking. Well, what do we uh, do? We want to go through quickly and look at uh, what we think and what we're thinking for keepers for for next year for people. Uh, maybe some uh, some potential keepers for each team. Yeah, I think it's a little too early for that. Personally, mm. I was actually going to suggest maybe we do a little dive into the NFL playoffs while we have. One of our biggest football guys in the fantasy league um, here with us. That works too. I'm open for either or, uh, but I do think it's a little early to be talking keepers. Either that, or we do. I don't know. I don't know if you guys enjoyed this segment or not last year, but when we did the compare, if well, we could do a comparison of. I think we did songs last year, comparing teams to songs, uh, but. <laughs> We might be able to save that for a different, a different. I, week. I was also going to say that with that episode, we we prepared for that one, and we didn't really <laughs> prepare for this one. Um, <laughs> no, we didn't even send Carl an invite. We just texted him yesterday. It was like, hey man, do you want to make an appearance? <laughs> but yeah, let's talk playoffs. 
maybe my, my first one is my first question for the group. We can all maybe each ask a question or something like that, popcorn off each other. But what's the matchup, the round one wildcard matchup that people are most excited about watching? There's Carl, only you one. start us off there, buddy. There's only one. There's only one matchup I truly care about, and it's going to be the matchup that hopefully sends Tom Brady home crying like a baby bag bitch. <laughs> and I cannot wait. I need him to lose. My hatred for Tom Brady has spanned over 20 years. And he's now going to limp his way into the playoffs. And I just need the Cowboys to not shit the bed. <laughs> it's asking a lot to, for the Cowboys to not shit the bed. And my wife's a Cowboys fan. She can hear me right now. She'll go beat my ass later. I just need him to do well. I need Dak to not be an idiot. I need him to throw the ball accurately. Don't do what you did against Washington. I, I do have the Cowboys winning this one, but I just need Tom Brady to lose personally, professionally, <laughs> spiritually. Carl, you are you are hurt. Tom Brady has, <laughs> has personally like raise your hand if Tom Brady if you've been personally victimized by Tom Brady. Um, For 20 fucking years, <laughs> he's owned the AFC. It's been a pain in my ass. Carl's oh, probably man. also part of the class action lawsuit against Tom Brady and, the, and FTX or whatever. Uh, <laughs> is, that, is that you as well, Carl? I would Carl? buy crypto and FTX just so I can see Tom Brady. That was actually going to be the matchup that I talked about as well. In the interest of saying something different, um, I will. But um, what I will say, I saw something very interesting on – um, first things first uh, today, uh, and that's uh, for those not familiar. That's like a, a sports debate talk show on Fox Sports One, and it's um, it's Nick Wright and Kevin Wilds and Chris Broussard, um, and it was it, it it broke down the Cowboys this season when playing on turf versus playing on grass, and I never. I'm sure some internet sleuth out there like kind of figured this out and realized that they are terrible, but it was. And I can't remember. I'll, I'll find the tweet and I'll post it later. But basically, the Cowboys were like ten and one this year when they play on turf, and they score like almost thirty a game, and they hold opponents to like under twenty a game, and they're like one and four or one and five on grass, and they get outscored by like nine points a game. They only score like twenty one or something like that, and opponents score twenty nine on them, and. They were talking about obviously the Bucks play on a grass field in Raymond James, but um, I think it's their a potential second round matchup if they can beat the Bucks would also be on a grass field, and I think they go. I think they go to Philly if they win, right? Yeah, they go to Philly, and Philly is also a grass field, <clears throat> and so it was basically like like the, like if you if you buy into these sort of statistics, like the Cowboys have no chance. They like they really don't. They're they're most likely going to lose to the Bucks, and if they don't, then they're almost definitely going to lose to Philly in Philadelphia. Um, but I think that I think that one's really going to be an interesting one. I'm obviously biased because I'm a Bucks fan, but I think it'll probably end up being the closest matchup. Um, they played Week One in the season, and the Bucks probably should have beat them by forty, but I think they ended up winning like nineteen to three or eighteen to three, something like that, because they just couldn't convert touchdowns. Um, and mind you, Dak Prescott nearly played the entire game. It wasn't until like the midway through the fourth quarter that he broke his hand. Um, so I think that'll be probably the most interesting one. 
in the interest of saying something different, I am going to go with the Bills Dolphins. Um, mm. This was they had two really good matchups during the season, um, and I'm, I'm going to put an asterisk on this one and say Bills Dolphins will be the most exciting if Tua plays. Which right now it looks like Tua is trending towards playing. Um, they split the season series one and one. Um, their matchup down in Miami. Miami ends up winning that one um, uh, due to some last-minute bad clock management by the Bills. Um, I think this one will be very exciting. I mean, the Dolphins, if Tua plays, can clearly keep up with um, <clears throat> keep up with the Bills offensively. It's going to come down to whose defense can you know step up and get a stop or two. Um, so I think this one will be a lot of fun. Um, and this is the other one that I'll probably be watching all the way through. So. I'll go Dolphins-Bills. All right, Philster, what do you got? Um, I was actually going to go Dolphins-Bills, so um, I'm going to have to to change it up. Um, you know, seeing the obvious, I'm obviously excited for the Vikings-Giants uh, game. Um, I think this is a, you know, a get-right game for the Vikings. Um, you know, coming off of some tough losses, and, and we played the Giants pretty close. We played them really well last time we played them. We played them again at home. I think the playoff atmosphere is going to be Pretty awesome, um, you know. So I, I, I'm excited to see um, what that looks like, and and you know, obviously hoping for a big win. Um, but other than that, um, I, I'm most, I'm most looking forward to next week and seeing, um, particularly seeing if the Eagles and the Giant and the, and the 49ers are for real. Um, the Eagles are going to have such a huge benefit of playing at home. Uh, like that's like that to me, uh, playing in Philly is one of the biggest home field advantages in football. Uh, probably like bear arrowhead, um, maybe Buffalo. Um, it's hard to think of some other ones that are much better than those. Uh, Heinz field would probably be another one. So like Akershire stadium. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Uh, the formerly, uh, the artist formerly known as Heinz yeah, field. Get it, get it right. It's Akershire. <laughs> Uh, the house, the house that Rooney built, the stadium. <laughs> um, really so trying to I'm get the, Carl's attention here. It's not I, working you know, at all. I, I named my team Heinz on my Johnson for a reason. I I did good. All right, I brought the trophy home. Final run. I'm proud That's of myself. Final resting resting place for Heinz Field. Um, but I, I'm excited to see those matchups um, and just kind of see like, you know, I. I Brock Purdy looks looks just too good to be true. Like I don't I, I don't know. Like is he that good? Uh, are we seeing like uh, the the next Tom Brady that can come in and like you know as a I think Tom Brady wasn't a rookie, but you know come in and for injury and then lead a team to a Super Bowl and then you know have a stellar career? Or are we just seeing a guy that was a flash in the pan? Like I'm super interested to see that. Um, and then I think. The Eagles haven't really been super exposed, but I think that they've had, I think the teams that, I think they've had moments of exposure, but I don't think the teams have capitalized on them. And so um, the playoffs is just a different animal. And so I'm just, I'm interested to see where we wind up after all this, particularly on the NFC side. Um, so that's probably my philosophy there. Yeah, I think I'll, I'll probably be the most different. I think the two that I'm excited about are, um, I think I'm, I'm excited about the, the Giants um, Vikings matchup. I think that's going to be a good one. I think the Giants are a team that people sleep on, um, and they've kind of 
obviously they've well performed this year. Um, and we'll see what happens come playoffs. And I, I think the Vikings have kind of shown that uh, they've been exposed throughout the season as well. And we'll see what Vikings team shows up because some, some weeks you get a juggernaut from the Vikings and other times you get a lamb. So it'll be interesting uh, at home. I think it'll be a great matchup. And the other one I'm kind of excited about uh, is the Chargers and Jags. I think the Jags are another one, another team that's kind of uh, like a sleeper team that could that could upset the, the, the Chargers here in this situation. The Chargers are only the one-point favorite, but the Chargers have been getting healthy at the right time. They've gotten uh, – they're supposed to get Rashawn Slater back potentially, <clears throat> which will be huge. Um, and then obviously having a, a healthy Joey Bosa who said he's – this is like the best he's felt or healthiest he's felt in like years. So um, I think that'll be a, a fun matchup as well. And like I said, we've seen a real, uh, real change in, in Jacksonville since Dougie P took over there. And uh, I think it could be, like I said, I think, I think those are two matchups to watch where we could see some upsets. Uh, uh, <clears throat> if I was putting teams on upset alerts, those would be the ones that I would like to, that I'd probably be watching. And uh, yeah, we'll see what happens come, come round two. Uh, but uh, we should have a great, a great matchup in in uh, in round one. So I'm pretty stoked. I like the I like the Chargers Jags um, pick for a, a, a different reason. I don't think it's going to be. Um, I think the Jags do have some upset potential, and obviously odds makers think it's a it's a nearly even matchup. Um, <clears throat> but the quarterback battle here, um, you know, Justin Herbert has had. Um, basically like the greatest start to an NFL career in the history of the game. Like um, he has like, he's the only, I think it's, it's him and Peyton Manning as the only quarterbacks to have um, 25 touchdowns or more in their first three seasons, or it might be Dan Marino in that mix as well. And then it's um, he is the all time leader in passing yards through his three seasons, um, topping Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck. Um, and so I think, um, Obviously, he's he's a, a rapidly rising, you know, soon to be superstar caliber quarterback. If you don't already believe he is one, um, and I mean, we we talked about this. I think it was maybe two weeks ago at this point with um, with Trevor Lawrence. Like midway through the season, everyone was like, "Is this guy a bust?" And you know, through the last few weeks, he's led his team to I think is like what six six and one record, five and one record. They win their division. He gets him into the playoffs, and now all of a sudden it's like, wow, is he emerging as kind of the next, you know, the next guy to join the superstar quarterbacks in the league? So um, I think it'll be a great quarterback duel. Um, but I think, like you mentioned, the Chargers are just getting healthy at the right time, even though they lose uh, Mike Williams. He hasn't really been a, a big factor for them pretty much all year long after the first three, four weeks of the season. So they're basically used to playing without him. And since Keenan Allen came back healthy, uh, rest and rip to my fantasy team. But since he's come back healthy, he's he's been the favorite target anyway. So, um, and they've gotten good production from uh, Josh Palmer. Um, so I think I think I think it'll end up being a pretty convincing Chargers win. But um, it's definitely got a little bit of upset potential. And if nothing else, it's going to be a good quarterback matchup. We'll kind of be seeing um, a firsthand look at kind of what the future of the league looks like from a quarterback perspective. Uh, and I, th- I think that while I think we have Carl here, team. I actually do have a quick question that I would love Carl's perspective on, and I would love to hear from you guys as well. Um, so the Steelers wrapped up 
um, their season. They finished very strong. Um, they wrapped up their season um, above 500, and it preserves Mike Tomlin's 16-year streak of not having a losing record. Um, but I was talking to my now former supervisor who works at DU, and we were talking about kind of like what what good does it do them? Like obviously the future is bright, and but if anything, you have clear needs on both sides of the ball where a worse record would help you out more. And so what I want to know from everybody, I think I know where Carl's going to go with this because he's a fan of the Steelers. Obviously he wants them to win, but would you sacrifice a bad season or two for higher draft picks and better positioning long-term, or would you rather have, you know, an iconic streak of non-losing seasons? uh, The iconic streak, I don't, I don't care too much about. I mean, it's a great feat. 16 seasons is absolutely amazing. I don't even think Bill Belichick did that. So I think he lost his first season with what? The Browns, right? Or the Jets? Well, I mean, once he took over the Patriots, they didn't have a losing season until Tom Brady left. It's amazing. And I told you, I told Kiefer this before the season started, give me six and I'm happy. Give me six, show me some sort of progress that you're doing something and I'll be happy this year. And Kenny Pickett has showed up. He's starting to look like a pretty decent quarterback. He uh, had that first few games where he threw nothing but interceptions. He threw like nine interceptions in two games. It was ridiculous. And then the last five games, he threw one interception. So he was starting to figure it out. And to me, it's less about the positioning and more about getting it right. So this year we had the opportunity to get an offensive lineman. I was screaming for an offensive lineman. Like, I didn't want Kenny Pickett. You, everyone's well aware of that. I wanted Tyler Linderbaum. I thought he was going to be something, who, somebody who could anchor that offensive line for the next 15 years. And I stand by. I still think we needed an offensive lineman. You can get Creed Humphrey last year in the second round. All pro. So it's less about where it's positioned and more of getting the right <laughs> position itself. Right? So as long as we start getting the right position, and I think our offensive line needs to be overhauled again. We signed two free agents. didn't work out too well. But I would say – Pick the right position, and the and inside the draft doesn't really matter. It's back. Mm-hmm. I, go I, don't, I don't fault the the Steelers here per se because in this in this instance the Steelers are you know but I mean until near the end of Sunday like there there's a chance that they can make the playoffs right so like there's not like you're still playing for the playoffs, and and I, I would have liked to see the Steelers make a like what they could have done in the playoffs, and they could have made a sneaky run. Where I struggle the most with this kind of uh, thing, I mean, they're not going to make that. They're probably going to make the AFC Championship, but I think they could have had a first round upset. Um, I think they. I, I think the they Bills, could've. we, we would have gotten thrashed. We already got thrashed by the Bills one this year. <laughs> yeah, that was like Gabe Davis's only good game of the season. <laughs> <laughs> that was the game that made me think, like, oh, yeah, this is totally, like, oh, yeah, I just oh, absolutely yeah. fleece I'm Carl. A, I'm, a, I'm a genius. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, three catches, 180 yards, and th- two touchdowns. I was like, yeah, Carl's a fucking idiot. <laughs> Look at me, I'm smart. Um, <laughs> but where I, where I struggle with that, you know, is the <clears> – to <throat> so your point, Carl, they, the Steelers pick too late in the season to start winning, and then you – they kind of shot themselves in the foot because, like, well, we got to keep winning now. Like, we can't. Like, now we're like on a maybe on a playoff run, and we got to try to make the playoffs if we can. 
Um, but where I struggle is like if you like if you are going to finish with four or five wins or less, then you should just be tanking. You should be trying not to win games because the number one the number one overall pick, especially in a year like this where there's a ton of quarterbacks coming out um, that are that are going to be whether or not they're talented, I'm not arguing. But what I am arguing is they're going to be highly selected picks. I mean, the number one overall pick is going to probably be a quarterback again this year. And if you have that, if you're in the driver's seat of that, and you're a team like the Steelers who have, I think, a pretty good quarterback in Kenny Pickett, um, even with how tiny his hands are, um, you know, the Bears are in a great spot, I think. The Bears are in a perfect position. They weren't going to win the division, right? They weren't going to really make a playoff push. They need a lot of help. And they've got what seems to be their quarterback of the future in Justin Fields. So they now have the number one overall pick, and all they've got is leverage. Like, they're not going to take a quarterback. They can get their choice of person. So if someone wants to come up and get a quarterback in front of them, they can just stockpile draft picks, probably still get the guy oh, they the Bear, want. The Bears are 100% not going to keep the number one pick. Yeah. Well, but so that so that's where I'm saying, like, if, if you are in that position. Now, what I do love is Lovey Smith giving the middle finger to the Texans organization. Oh, that um, was just awesome. <laughs> he knew they were going to fire him, um, which was BS. Um, I don't know when these owners are going to figure out. I know this is immediate satisfaction to me, but I don't know when these owners are going to figure out that they can't have a one-year coach, a one-year GM, a one-year quarterback, and expect to have anything happen. Like Davis Mills is not the quarterback, right? But Lovie Smith is a good coach. You what do you expect him to do when you in, 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 he inherits a roster this bad, right? And it's, it's doing his best to do it. So I love that he knew he was getting fired. And he said, actually, on my way out, you're not getting the number one overall pick. Um, that was beautiful to see. But I just think if you hit a certain point, like, you know, um, you do, there's no point in what, what's picking sixth or seventh going to do for you um, if you have a chance to pick in the top three. Uh, and then you can also argue that, you know, if you're the Raiders, the Raiders have been mired in mediocrity for years. And the past, like, four or five number, first-round draft picks have are either in jail or not on an NFL roster uh, or in jail um, or not on an NFL roster. So heavily, heavily, heavy, have a heavy emphasis on in prison. In prison. So I think it's, what, like two two of their last four not picks, not first-round picks, are. In jail, Henry yes. Ruggs, and then who was the guy that, that pulled a gun, the cornerback? The uh, I can't remember his name, but yes, yeah. So uh, Henry Ruggs Arnett. committed manslaughter. And then one of their corners, you know, it was like, uh, I, don't, I, I think it was like aggravated assault or armed robbery or so. I don't know what it was, what it was, but, um, you know, the other two were just, were just, were just trash. So um, it's just, uh, it's an interesting strategy. You, I think you're playing. I, I think it, I think it does go to show, though, that players are playing for the love of the game. And sometimes there's conversations around uh, when players get huge contracts, whether they're going to play. Like, like, what's the point of playing if you have two hundred fifty million dollars guaranteed? Well, I think like the Texans on Sunday and the Steelers in the second half of the season show that these guys, the vast majority of these guys, are want to get paid what they're worth, but are not the motivation to play football and win is not necessarily for money. Uh, it's to, there's this alpha male dominance that they want to assert that I'm the best at what I do and I'm going to show you and I'm going to have my name live on, you know, in the, in the history books. And the only way to do that is put results in the field. So I think that's one of the cool things 
that you can kind of see it. If you want to see the bright side of that is that I think it shows that players are really in it for the love of the game. Uh, I mean, Mike Evans, like all-time football guy move, like uh, did seeing DeMar Hamlin on the ground make you not want to play football? He said, no, make me want to play even harder because I might not get a chance to play the next snap. I'm like, couldn't be me, dog. I'd be like, all right, I'm taking the check. I'm out. <laughs> Big football guy. So, anyways. <clears throat> Yeah, um, I think it depends. Uh, obviously, I think the, the Eagles are probably a pretty good definition of be bad for a few years and then be good for a few years. Uh, obviously, I mean, right before Eagles won the Super Bowl, we were like 4-12 and 12 the year before and then went on to win the Super Bowl, which is pretty nuts. Uh, I think last year we were 9-8, and eight, now we're 14-3. and three. Um, So it's... it's uh, I think the thing about draft picks, and I think something that Howie Roseman has done really well, is that draft picks are never for certain, right? Like, you can draft someone, you can rate someone really high, um, and it just doesn't work out. I mean, or they end up in jail, uh, rightfully. Um, but and I, I think I think people have started to, you know, understand that you, you can, yeah, I mean, these are, draft picks are great leverage uh, for things, and it's like, why are we going to take a risk on a wide receiver in the first round when we could trade that first round pick for AJ Brown um, and get a, an established player who who's a, a really quality? Um, and so I, I think teams are starting to to really, you know, use that approach more and just using these draft picks to to trade for uh, players that they know can help them win. Um, in the long run as well, uh, you get a player who, who comes in proven and you don't have to develop because sometimes with these teams, like, yeah, I think the Jags are a good example of this. They have the number one pick or, or high draft picks for so many years. And, uh, you know, it doesn't always work out, like I said, or it just takes them a little bit more time to develop. And so you're not going to see those results uh, for a while. And if they do, uh, you're not performing at a high level, and so you have coach turnover, and then maybe the schemes don't work well for, for these players, and then you might have guys who could have had great careers who were ruined by, you know, coaches or scheme or whatever the case is. But it's a, it's a, hard, it's a hard thing to balance. Um, but I think uh, it just depends. Like you, can, like, you can really hit draft picks out of the park, or they can be busts. So um, it's a the, – the, Thinking draft picks is a, is a hard hard thing to, to say if you're like, uh, you know, because nothing's for certain. Yeah, I think um, just kind of wrapping us up with this one, with this particular question. Like, I don't know. I mean, the, the, the NBA has fully embraced, like, the, you know, draft pick mobility. The NBA, like, is a, is a shining example of, like, I'll take, I'll take the bird in the hand and you can have the two in the bush. Um, and nine times out of ten in the NBA, the team that gets the player, the superstar player, usually ends up winning the trade. You know, um, think like the the Pelicans trading Anthony Davis to the Lakers, and the Lakers immediately win a title. Now, yes, the Pelicans ended up getting Zion Williamson with that, and they got um, they obviously got Brandon Ingram in the trade. They used one of the some of those picks that they got from the Lakers to flip those for CJ McCollum, and now they look like a real promising team. But, you know, the truth is they're probably not going to hold on to Zion Williamson after his first contract. He's going to go to a big market team. And 
you know, when you're and if when you're an NBA team, when you're hoarding assets, like you know, the the Boston Celtics are a perfect example. You know, they absolutely cleaned out the Nets for, um, you know, that trade in 2013 that basically they gave them like the entire Boston Big Three, and you know, the Nets were worst franchise in the NBA for like five six years. But Boston didn't turn that into anything really. Um, they got a couple good players out of it. Um, and it wasn't until LeBron finally left the Eastern Conference that they even made it to the NBA Finals, and they got there and lost. Um, and so there's something to be said for hoarding draft picks. There's something to be said. <laughs> nice little finger there. <laughs> um, and so I think, I think the Philly, you said something that I hadn't thought about, which was they had a chance to make the playoffs. Um, you know, and at some point, you know, you have to just go ahead and play for the playoffs if you have a chance to do it. But I think if I'm if I'm a fan of the team, I in the NFL, I think there's more parity in your in in your NFL in the NFL draft and with players coming out of college than there is in the NBA. Um, the the honest to goodness truth is, you know, anything after a lottery pick, if it hits in the NBA draft, you're pretty lucky. And the lottery is the top 14 picks, and so really anything outside of that, you're pretty lucky if it hits. Whereas the NFL draft, you know, you can you find third, fourth, fifth, sixth rounders all the time that end up, you know, hitting. Um, whereas the NBA draft, like really after your top six, seven draft picks, it's kind of luck of the draw whether or not they turn out to be great. And so from that perspective, like, you know, as a Bucks fan, I'm almost like, you know, Tom Brady is more than likely done after this year where we will probably, I'm, I'm going to assert some confidence. I'm going to put some good vibes out in the universe. We'll probably beat the Cowboys, but we will almost certainly lose our next round matchup. Um, and, you know, then what do we have to show for it? Tom Brady's probably going to retire. Um, and then, you know, now we're in this awkward position where we've got a later round draft pick. that's not good enough to use on a quarterback. I don't think Kyle Trask is our guy moving forward. Um, and, you know, we, we have some trade assets and maybe we can go get Derek Carr or something like that. Maybe he wants a new environment, but it's like, I, I don't know. I think I'd rather, um, I think I'd rather take another loss or two and get some better draft positioning and have some flexibility in the draft as opposed to, you know, um, in, in the case of the Steelers, you know, like I, I don't know that they wanted to win just pre to preserve a, a streak. I don't know that that's the case. Uh, what prompted this was um, the fact that they're now not going to have better draft positioning, but, hey, they continue a 16-year streak, which is incredibly impressive of no losing records. Um <laughs> And then I think I think like the Packers are another example. Like the Packers were four and eight through twelve games in the season, and they made they they had they could have made a conscious decision. They could have said, you know what, Aaron Rodgers is not the guy anymore. Let's see what we have in Jordan Love. And if Jordan Love hits, then hey, we've got our quarterback of the future. We have a we have a massive trade piece with Aaron Rodgers because some team out there will trade for him. Um, they decided not to do that. They were able to somewhat turn it around and they put themselves in a position to, at the end of the year, um, you know, make the playoffs. And now suddenly they didn't make the playoffs. They still don't know what they have in Jordan Love. They don't have any trade bait for Jordan Love. And now Aaron Rodgers is once again holding them hostage with, you know, him having his annual, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do with my, with the, with, you know, next season. And so now it's like, you're the Packers, you're screwed. You're, you're completely at Aaron Rodgers' mercy, and you don't have anything to show for it. You don't have a better draft pick because you won just enough games to screw yourself out of a top 15-ish pick, um, and you just have to wait on your $250 million quarterback to see what he does. 
Um, and if, and you just have to pray that he decides he wants to play one more year and hopefully you can, you know, maybe hit on a wide receiver in the draft, but probably not because the Packers just absolutely hate Aaron Rodgers and don't want to give him any help. So it's like, I, I just don't know. I think, I think I fall more on the side of let me take, let me position for the draft pick. If I, if I know I'm not going to be one of the better teams, one of the top third teams in the league. Yeah. Well, I think actually, I think Aaron Rodgers is done. Um, He's definitely. Not I think he is too. But, but if you're the Packers, you're completely at his mercy now because oh, for he signed sure. a four-year contract. And Listen, I have, have no choice. I have you zero. Don't know, you still don't know what you have in Jordan Love. I have zero qualms with how the Packers handled this. I think they handled this perfectly. I oh, yeah. love you, you and I. You and I. We both hate the Packers. We both hate them. We. I hate them because of Aaron Rodgers. You hate them because of the Packers. So, so I have. I have no sympathy for the Packers for me, whatsoever. For, for me, using them keep, as an keep example. It up. Yeah, keep it up, Pack. <laughs> A-plus management here. Keep up the good work. <laughs> we love to see it. <sighs> wow. I do have a, a mailbag question, because I know you guys didn't put one out there. All right, well, give us a second. What you got for us, Marl? No, 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 no. no, no, no What's no, that? No. Mail time. Mail time. Mail time. You're welcome. All right. <clears throat> Mailback question of the day. This comes uh, from is our it, boy Carl. Is it is it sports related? It is not. No, no. Right. I, I don't want Mel to come to my house and beat me up. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I don't know if you guys have answered this or not, but I'm going to go ahead and say you haven't. Zombie apocalypse. You get three celebrities, each from a different industry. What do you mean different industry? Right, so you have a an actress, you have a musician, okay. you, but they have to be different industries. Okay. So you could choose your grassy wheelchair Drake, but that means you don't get buff, cool music. <laughs> the different industries. <laughs> Aubrey Graham is a is a is a different person than Drake. So I'll, I'll go first, since to give you guys, okay. and I've been thinking about this for the past about. You know, ten minutes. So basically, he's so, not listening to anything we've said for the past ten minutes, and has instead <laughs> been thinking about his zombie apocalypse dream team. So, who I would pick first pick would be I'd probably pick Joe Rogan. He's smart. He's you know, and he's muscular, so he can carry me intellectually and physically whenever I you know I hurt my ankle. I would. Okay. So that, that that guy's just like, like I consider him like a radio personality. He's just like a personality guy. He's a personality for sure. <laughs> so my the actor <laughs> the actor I would pick is Johnny Sins because that guy does everything. You know, he's the Swiss Army tool of a man. So I need a doctor. I I need a a, a militiaman. You know, I need a pilot. He's there. He knows everything. And. <laughs> I think the last one I would choose would be Tyreek Hill, just because he's a stupid fast. So if we're like, hey, man, go out, run that zombie over there. We need you to get some bread. He's there and back, blink of an eye, boom. At least in Johnny Sins. <laughs> Thinking of, like, really practical ones, and Carl's were just funny. Joe Rogan, uh, Johnny Sins. <laughs> you got a conspiracy theorist? 
a porno star and Tyreek Hill. Yeah. <laughs> but nothing bad to say about Tyreek Hill, just the other two. Okay. Well, I was going to say I could well, beat I mean, like, There's plenty I could. There's plenty of bad <laughs> things we could say about Tyree Kill, but I didn't say anything about Tyree Kill because I couldn't think of what I wanted to say about Tyree Kill. I couldn't pick the thing I, mean, I wanted to which, say. Which, which, which part? The domestic abuse, or that's where my head, that's where I initially was going to go. But anyways, all right. <laughs> you go ahead, Sam. I've got, I've got two of my three. I can't. I don't know if I can possibly come up with them. So I think for my first one, I'd say like Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald, uh, you know, that guy's just a freak of an athlete. Um, he's, I mean, he's gotta be one of like the, the most impressive athletes on the, on the planet. I think the next one will be an actor and it'll be the mountain from the game of Thrones, uh, going for, for more size. Um, <laughs> my, uh, you're not you're not building a survival team. You're building an NFL D line. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> same same Aren't difference. Aren't you worried about how much food they're going to need to sustain themselves? Yeah, seriously, man. You're gonna you're you're not gonna be able to find food with them, Drew. You're well, not no, thinking this through. No, dude, that is plenty of food. If we have to start eating people, though, that is that'll last us for oh, weeks. And you're gonna to kill, kill Aaron Donald or the Mountain to <laughs> eat one of them? Well, yeah, I don't think so, buddy. I'm just I'm a strategist. I would team up with two of the three, and we would pick. We would pick one, and we would, you know, if we had to go cannibals, that's what happened. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to pick my. Th- I don't even know what I want for my third one. I don't know. I would say Bear Grylls, but I feel like that's the same thing as being an actor. Okay. What's that TV personality? We'll call that different. Yeah, we'll go Bear Grylls because he'll have us drinking our own piss. So. Yeah, I was um, I was also thinking like some kind of survival specialist, not Bear Grylls though, because he he just gets way too much enjoyment out of drinking piss. Um, I'm trying to think of the other one, the guy who would like do it solo, who would, um, who you know, would just like take all of his own film equipment out there and like kind of set him up and film himself. Um, I can't remember what it is now. Let me. Um. Oh, Dual Survivor. That was another one. That was pretty good. But that's not the one I was looking for. I don't think y'all are giving Johnny Sins enough credit. The man <laughs> is the Swiss Army tool of human beings. Yeah, just because yeah, he, he plays, just because he <laughs> plays those in a porn film, doesn't mean he can yeah, actually if he, do. If he has to, like, he plays. If he has mean, to go a zombie to death, I'm yeah, I'm picking him. But. Yeah, <laughs> like if we're having a zombie banging competition, yeah, he's gonna be first round draft pick. He's going, he's going one one. Yeah, he's one one in a, in a need to bang a lot of zombies draft. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I, I can't, I can't find the one that I'm that I'm looking for. But uh, just any kind of survival specialist, um, just not not bear grills. That's that's the only one I'm not going for because. He gets way too much enjoyment out of drinking piss. Um, I'm also I'm also going to pick an athlete. Um, I, I think I think I'm going to go with LeBron James for a couple reasons. Number one, he's my one of my favorite athletes. Number two, he's also a freak athlete. Um, he's a lot taller than Aaron Donald, so if we need you know leaping ability, he's got that. Um, 
So I'll go with LeBron James. Plus, if nothing else, I can just talk to him about basketball, and that'll be a lot of fun. Um, and then I'm, I'm trying to think here. I want to say, like, you know, like, I, I think I'm going to go, like, Burt, um, Burt Kirshner. Comedian, um, the, the machine, the machine. Yeah, the machine, the machine. Because he will definitely make it enjoyable, right? It'll be a terrible situation, but he's gonna make it fun. Um, so I'm gonna go with him because, yeah, um, he'll he'll make everybody laugh. Uh, we'll we'll have a good time while we're trying to survive together. So that that's gonna be my team there. Uh, is this is this uh, alive or dead? We've all gone alive to stay in the alive room. I had a, I had a good one, but... I'm assuming yeah. Keith's survivor specialist is alive at this point in time. I think he is, but again, I can't find the show. Is it Naked and Afraid? No, it's not Naked and Afraid. <laughs> Dual Survivor was another one that I liked, but... One of the guys was like a total hippie, and the other guy was like this military douchebag. You, you get anyway, it. go ahead. Okay. Um, all right. I'm going to go actor first. I'm going to go Tom Cruise. Um, he does all his own stunts. So I feel like if I need somebody to be agile and get over barriers, um, fight, like, he knows how to do all that stuff. Like Mission Impossible, all that. that like, it's all him. Jumping out of airplanes, like he's got no fear. I feel like that's the guy that you want in the zombie apocalypse. So number two, I'm going with. Be very clear about what I'm saying here. The Rock, not Dwayne Johnson. The Rock. It's like Dwayne <laughs> Johnson, but if Dwayne Johnson didn't act and he just wrestled, so he he has to show up as the Brahma Bull persona. Oh yeah, I, he'll be wearing. The tighties too. Like he'll just be wearing the Brahmable trunks, um, and like just doing just doing eyebrow raises at the zombies uh, when they get too close to him, <laughs> dropping dropping the people's elbow on the smell, and he just slaps them across the face and does the people's elbow. Uh, if you, pure content is watching the rock rock bottom a zombie in the zombie apocalypse. Uh, so that's number two. That's a uh, actor. Um, we got wrestler. the muscle for the rock wrestler, wrestler. But he's he's my muscle. Tom Cruise is my agility, um, and I've gone back and forth here. Um, my my first thought was a good shooter, so I was going to go Lee Harvey Oswald, but <laughs> I don't even know if there's, there's, I don't there's, I don't think I, I mean, we're not we're not even we're not even sure if he actually was the one who did it. So, okay. Well, you know, sometimes the legend is all you need. Um, so, uh, but I'm not going to go him. I'm not going to go him. Um, you could have picked like Chris Kyle or something, you know, <laughs> well, Chris Kyle is also dead. So like, also yeah. But I mean, I'm saying of all the, of all the dead legendary snipers, you picked well, the I went, one that killed a president. Well, I went, I went Chris Kyle <laughs> first and then I was like, well, he's dead. He's dead. And then I was oh, like, so you went further back dead, right? Well, then I asked if we could, then I was thinking like, well, I wonder if like, Chris Kyle's like recently dead. I wonder if I just went like super, like just funny dead. 
then it'd be okay. But then Carl said it has to be alive. So then that that was uh, that's what happened. So my first thought was Chris Kyle. Um, uh, that I I think I'm gonna have to go probably like somebody that would make it enjoyable as well. Um, so uh, I'd probably go with like. Um, I, I would have probably said like a Burt Kreischer or like um, like a Theo Vaughn or a um, or like a, like a Tim Robinson, somebody that would just be like goofy. It would just be fun to hang out with and would make me laugh. And we'd have some good times when we're like just just kind of hanging out. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I John found, I found my survival specialist. By the way, his name is Les Stroud. And he was on the Survivor Man show, which was on Discovery for a while. So Les Stroud is going to be my survival specialist. Runner up for my shooter, by the way, would be uh, Steph Curry. So <laughs> great, greatest shooter of all time. <laughs> Can he actually fire a weapon? I don't know. No, no. <laughs> you just said you just said <laughs> greatest shooter. basketball court against the zombies, greatest and, and, he, <laughs> listen, and let the man cook. All right. Yeah, you want some blood? Right, zombies can't chase you if their angles are broken. That's the scientific <laughs> fact. I mean, do they even know if their ankles are broken? Now, you know, they're like, they're like undead. No, they just start crawling. Then, yeah. I mean, I, I watch Zombie Lane. You have to double tap. <laughs> Got to double tap. <laughs> well, fellas. good question, Carl. Good question, Carl. Good question. Appreciate that. That pretty much wraps up our season finale, season two, episode 16 of Friends and Low Expectations. It's been a great season, guys. Uh, it's been a it's been an interesting season, nonetheless, but a great season. And uh, I'm looking forward to all the off-season episodes we have in season three. Uh, that'll come to you live in late August, early September. So keep you, keep your eyes posted to the socials and uh, Spotify and Apple pods for when we have some surprise drops so again thanks for carl thanks for being here thanks for congrats on a great season and uh looking forward to doing it all again next year with the boys yep congrats to the first two time congrats thank you guys appreciate it remember keep those standards low and your expectations lower and we'll see you next season I'm dead fresh, I might pull up in a casket You be looking sweet like a fucking fruit basket Spit a couple raps, I get a check and Johnny Cash it I smash it, I let your mama rob my sunglasses I don't think nobody gonna fuck with me like I do You can be killing the motherfuckers always talking But damn it, I'm hot too, damn it, I don't give a fuck Yeah, I wanna stunt, I make your salary twice in a month I pay your daddy to roll up my blunts And he blow your allowance to pay for my lunch You ain't with the shits, you ain't with the shits You ain't with the shits, you ain't with the shits, you ain't with the shits from me